Welcome to a football show. I guess this is a special edition. Titans offensive coordinator, new coaching staff edition of a football show. He is Zach and I am Braden. And no, we are not in our home offices. And no, we are obviously not at the pharmacy, which is still a great place to go on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. So make sure you check out the pharmacy. Uh, but this is a football show brought to you for the first time ever. Unprecedented. It's unprecedented, Zach. Live from a Kingston Group home. This is over here in Hillwood. We're in a 6,000-square-foot bad boy. We're going to show you the whole thing a little bit later on in the show. But this place is gorgeous. It's got hidden pantries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he keeps uh, the, the guy, uh, what was his name, Ricky? Ricky, Ricky. Ricky. Yep, shout out um, to Ricky. He was. Uh, he kept opening up doors to other rooms, other worlds, <laughs> it felt like. This house is insane. This is like, for, for me... And uh, my wife, outside, inside, dream uh, home. They have, uh, you can't see it over here, but they have these sliding doors that slide into each other. So, like, like an it's accordion? A, yeah, it's, an, it's not accordion. It actually slides on top of each oh, other. Oh, fancy. And these doors are for the back porch. And so it's a wide open space entertaining area. Like, you, you aren't going to see a door frame if you have this thing wide open. Exactly. And we are sitting at what looks like a 12 by 12 island here in the kitchen. Uh, and of course, the living room back here with the stairs. You got two offices. You got the bonus room. The point is, look at the craftsmanship on this bad boy. That is what matters about what the Kingston Group does. Because we've told you about the Kingston Group forever. We've told you about all the work that they do. We've never actually shown you. And this is what it looks like here inside one of their beautiful homes. Of course, over at Hillwood. Again, 6,000 square feet. Love the feet. door handles on these cabinets. Mul I'm, I'm a house guy. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure like how people like freak out about cars and yeah and horsepower and rah, 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 rah. <laughs> you know like you take me to an i could go house so you're I, big house HGTV, hunting all the time oh yeah we watch HGTV all, right, all the time you flipper flop guy uh yeah i, I like <laughs> flipper flop um we like a was it a hometown makeover hometown usa all right okay something like that it's it, it's occurred to me and we're going to talk about the titans by the way uh because this is a football show and we've got a new offensive coordinator uh, with Tim Kelly, and we're going to get to all this stuff. Uh, also, go to the pharmacy, Great Burgers. Um, but I do find I don't think that humanity will ever run out of home renovation shows. Like, like no. you know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be the year four thousand and twenty-three, and we will still have home renovation content. They've they've kind of flipped the <laughs> other way recently. Retta from uh, Parks and Rec, she does ugliest homes in America. Oh, that's great. and so she goes to different really ugly homes, and then they pick the least. They pick. Pick the uh, easiest ugly home to fix because they got a <laughs> renovator, right? Right, right. And uh, but that's always fun to see what kind of uh, mess people have gotten themselves into buying a home they know is ugly, and then being yep. stuck with that said home. So, so we're at I think the seven oh nine Brook Hollow again out in Hillwood. Uh, you can check out the listing, of course. But really, in the ceiling. Re really, love, love oh, these God, that's right. Really, it's not about the listing. It's about because it won't be on the market long, of course. But it's about what they do for your house. Again, we'll show you a little bit more of it a little bit later on. Let's get to Tim Kelly. Let's get to the new. You got Charles London on the staff. Chris Harris is on the staff. Um, they elevated some pieces on the staff. So we're going to spend a lot of time breaking down what this means for the Tennessee Titans offense. Of course, moving forward, what does it mean for Ryan Tannehill? What does it mean? What did we learn about Mike Vrabel? Uh, in this situation, uh, I've been met with a little bit of backlash from my article, which is now really stacking the inbox.com. Oh, you got I, it. I just went ahead and splurged <laughs> and I got it. It was actually, uh, it was actually really cheap. It was two cents for the first year, the entire first year. So I was in stacking the inbox.com. I've yeah. already read the entire thing. Uh, it's, it's, I People don't agree with my, my use of due diligence. So look, I know when in sports talk, we're supposed to like 
disagree on purpose and like fabricate debate so that we could yell at each other. I kind of agree with everything you said in the article. So we'll try to unpack it all uh, again, stacking the inbox.com. Now there yeah. you have it. Kingston group, buildkg.com built this lovely home that we are sitting in right now. Uh, and of course the pharmacy as well. Make sure you check out the pharmacy on a great and beautiful Thursday afternoon. Great place to get a burger over the weekend. Of course, uh, you can go in there, get yourself some brats and some tots and some horseradish mustard, which I think is still the best mustard in the city. So go check out the pharmacy. So I, I guess we'll start with what I want you to describe, because we're going to get to the implications for Tannehill and Vrabel and, and everything. I just, who is Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator? That's the first question. I, I guess what you're looking at is a guy that has experience. And in my opinion, that experience has been largely tied to an MVP elite level quarterback. The Titans do not have that guy. Now, what is different here than, than what it was in Houston is that they have a somewhat elite style run game. Not going to say running back, but elite style running game. And he never had that in Houston. So Tim Kelly is coming from this Bill O'Brien pro spread style offense that you saw basically Tom Brady run in New England with a lot of better, better parts, obviously. Sure, and sure. again, an elite quarterback at the helm. But that's what you're probably going to see. And that's what kind of like Vrabel's alluded to. He's, he's talking about a guy that people respect, enjoy talking to. Um, who's energetic, brings a lot of energy, even though he never smiled. There's not one picture. I, there's not one picture <laughs> that you can find on Google of him smiling it's so, with energy. He looks like death warmed it's, over. It's so funny you say that. I can't believe you said that because I one of the few things I have visually imprinted on my brain <laughs> from being on the practice field <laughs> is, is his lack of emotional expression. <laughs> it must be. I, I can only imagine that, I guess, Todd Downing's off camera talking in his ear. Well, what's so, what's so funny about this, so it's interesting if you're at practice, Todd Downing is constantly screaming. Yeah, he's constantly out there screaming and yelling and t teaching a receiver to turn his hips here and, and to manipulate the DB there, constantly doing that stuff. And Charles Kelly is just kind of or Charles Kelly, <laughs> Tim <laughs> Kelly is just sitting there, just kind of like like yeah, like arms crossed, talking with the tight ends. Really, um, now now so his role, of course, we've got some clarity on yes. the role because I think there was a there's a lot of myths that are gonna that I think. Came, when, when people saw the announcement with, with Tim Kelly as the offensive coordinator for the Titans, I think there were a lot of myths, and we're going to kind of break down some of these myths yeah, today. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of stuff got debunked, a lot yes. of stuff we got clarity on, and I think there's a lot of stuff you can, for a better part, you know, the sometimes the best explanation is the simplest explanation instead of jumping through hoops and trying to say, I just, I just can't imagine Vrabel <laughs> would be this way. You may just have to take into yeah. account that it is what it is. Well, and, and I like what you said about blank slate in the article, stack in yes. the inbox. We'll get to that. And Stacking again, inbox.com. And what it means for Mike Vrabel, which is a big part of this moving mm -hmm. forward. But I, I think what's we, we also were wrong about some stuff. Right. Like he wasn't in charge of calling plays. He wasn't in charge of designing the offense. It, he was not in charge of coordinating the passing game, <laughs> which should let you know that Charles London is not in charge of coordinating the passing I, game. So, but 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 he was in charge of <laughs> scouting the other team's yes. pa passing game, which you would think. Well, I guess yeah, that would make sense from because uh, you are a passing game coordinator. Really, you should be called. That should be the passing game analyst. I would think, or but who knows, or or passing game defensive a of, analyst. A lot of fancy, fancy titles to to hide. I think <laughs> some deficiencies on the yeah. staff have been created. He was in charge of first and second down pass plays, which again is I, I it was so kind of, bizarre. So to like me. to me, 
in the sense that, okay, so is he in charge of designing them? Is he in charge of saying, here's the plays that will work? Right. Here's Or here's what uh, the opposing defense has shown. Is he? We don't really know what that entails, but if he's even involved in that, guess what? He's still not calling the fucking plays. So no. the we don't know which plays that Tim Kelly called that worked that were successful in first or second down. Right. Because Ryan Tannehill was the fifth best quarterback on first down, the twelfth best quarterback on uh, first and second down. But we don't know which parts of that <laughs> are really because of Tim Kelly, because of Todd Downing, or all the bad plays that Todd Downing called. Or you know, again, those are all Downing plays. Yeah. All the good ones were. But Tim it, Kelly it plays. just what it all boils down to between the myth between what Todd Downing and Tim Kelly did was that he didn't really do much, it sounded like. And that was the kind of the gist that I got. Now, it's funny because I went back and read some of your older stuff, which you put in the article. Make sure you go read some older stuff. Again, you'll, you'll get it if you check out the inbox. Of course, stack yeah, in the inbox. In inbox. But like, there's some things that we assumed that were going to happen with Tim Kelly being a part of this. But uh, and it went time, the other way. Right. At the time, thinking it was going to be more him in control of some of these things. One of the things that did go, and I think, I think eventually it'll come out that he will get credit for this, is that they were one of the worst teams on opening drives in 2021. They were one of the best teams on opening drives in 2022. Which is kind of counterintuitive to what his stint in tech could be with Houston right, was. Right, Because I even said it was a very marginal improvement. Right. And so for them to be so much better, and he be the one that sort of is, uh, again, they don't throw the ball a lot on first and second down. The Titans are not one of those teams that threw the ball not a lot. Not his fault. Not, not his fault. Uh, but they were efficient on first and second down. You pointed out Tannehill's numbers. Um, it, so, again, when they did throw, I think... Uh, Karski said this uh, on his podcast. Check it out, by the way. Uh, 11 of 17 passing the football on, on first and second down for 124 yards per game. Tannehill, you said 12th in the league yes. in, in passing and the EPA ball. So stats. they didn't do it a lot, but they were efficient when they did it. And I think that's where you're hoping that that's the, the Tim Kelly influence and what we're going to see coming forward. Um, what what do you like from a schematic standpoint? Because he's. Rabel said a lot about leadership. He said a lot about bringing in new ideas, which is, I assume, Charles London packaged with Tim Kelly coming in. Uh, what do you think? The what do you think that means? Like, what what does the offense look like? How is it different with well, these two guys over Todd Downing? I'm hoping that with the inclusion of Charles London and the, uh, I guess you would say the the kicking out of Todd Downing. That we get back to the bread and butter, because Charles London comes from Arthur Smith, who is the king of pre-snap motion and the king of play-action passes. And maybe, just maybe, they'll go back, this new analytics department will just go back just two years to 2020 and 19, uh, 2019, two seasons ago, and say, hey... I think those things actually fucking work for uh, this team. <laughs> and Rabel technically called him Arthur. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> he, the, he's, he slipped up when he said it at the press conference. Yeah. He meant Charles London. But so there's going to be a lot of. Con I think when he says continuity, I don't necessarily think it means same playbook, same stuff. I think it means, hey, Derrick Henry worked really well in these situations. Let's bring these situations over. And, you know, these passing situations with Chig and Traylon Burks, we put them in good positions. Let's bring these over. And then we're going to take some stuff from New England slash Houston Texans, which would be Bill O'Brien, which is both Tim Kelly and Charles London have yep. experience in. Let's bring some things in from the Chiefs, which is where Charles London picked his stuff up for about four or five years over in with the Chicago Bears with Matt Nagy. Let's bring some of that in. And let's make sure that we will emphasize more of what Arthur Smith has ran in the past. Because this West Coast offense that Todd Downing was running is, in essence, 
the Arthur Smith Shanahan style, but in an actual, I guess you would say in in action, in actual work, it does not look anything like Arthur Smith had. It right, does right. not look like anything Mike Sh- or Kyle Shanahan has. I, so, so listening to Rabel talk about it, like I feel like there's a core philosophy that he's never going to really stretch too far from, no. which is going to be physicality, run the football, win the line of scrimmage, and, and and sort of like an identity that he plays with. I'm probably on both sides of the ball. I think the idea is, and I think Arthur Smith did this really well, and frankly, we'll get to grading Vrabel in the process and how they landed on Tim Kelly and all this stuff because there's a lot. Uh, we're getting the uh, what's the good, what's the scheme, what's the changes out of the way first so that people kind of have a f- sense of what, what, can they, what, what they can expect. I think bringing – I am more excited about the move because Charles London is a part of the package. Yeah. Um, and I think bringing some of those Arthur Smith influences, the Matt Nagy influences – uh, clearly, I like some of Bill O'Brien. I don't really love Bill O'Brien's style all that much, that offense, but clearly they got better when Tim Kelly took over play calling for which, Houston, hey, which is did interesting. Did he take over in this middle of the season? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, that's a myth. That's another myth we're going yeah. we're, we're to get to because I think the process of how we got here yeah. is why people are upset. I do think, and again, you said this in the in, in stacking the inbox.com, it is that. There is a clean slate here that we have to kind of provide to everybody, except for maybe Mike Vrabel. So, yes. so we'll get to that. I'm just, you've kind of t- sent me on the, over, over the past year doing this show, you've sent me down this sort of like mental rabbit hole of what does balance mean? Like right. How do we define balance? And you've kind of been asking that question and I've thought about it a lot. And I think what we've said on the show before is it's not 50, 50. Right. Um, and I looked at actually the numbers in college football, for example, Teams still run the ball 500 times a season, three times as much as they throw the ball. And people think of college football as like this air raid, you know, throw it all over the place. People still run the ball way more than they throw the ball in college football. It's about every down and every scenario being a 50-50 proposition for the defense to worry about. Right. That is what it's about. And then picking and choosing when running the ball is the right time. And throwing the ball on first and second down, I, I'm, I'm assuming – one of the big positives for Tim Kelly is going to be throwing the football on first and second down. Well, I think one of the big things that Vrabel's been hitting on on all since the offseason's over is is wanting fast players, which if you read stackinginbox.com, I wrote about what that means because Rand Carthen talked to Mike Vrabel, or not Mike Vrabel, Mike Keith at the Senior Bowl, and he talks about play speed. And he says football instincts, instincts, natural players with natural instincts are the kinds of guys that can play fast and they can play loose. Don't think. Don't think, just play. Right. And I think and so I think at the beginning we're like, okay, well, if they want fast players, let's get a bunch of four three guys in because they have been known to draft slower players. Now I think that changes. Now okay. you hear Vrabel talk about versatility. And this is where I think if, if everything is to be believed, this must be what Tim Kelly is going to bring. And if you really look at how Houston and how Bill O'Brien ran that pro spread offense, it was a lot of different looks, a lot of different personnel packages. So, you know, you may have two tight ends on the field, but Gronk may be out in the slot or Aaron Hernandez, that, that got murderer. He may be out in the slot. He was or pretty, he may he, be out at wide receiver. Listen, he may have killed a couple people, but he was a very versatile yeah. tight end. Okay. But what I'm saying is then you have like Wes Welker, Randy Moss. Right, now, right. listen, these are all big, important names. The Titans don't have that. But if you go to Houston, it was like Brandon Cooks. It was like DeAndre Hopkins. Right. No running backs whatsoever under the Tim Kelly era. So you can provide these looks. 
basically what I got out of this is that we're going to see a, a, a different scheme that's going to take time to implement, which means that this kind of puts Rand Carthon a little bit behind the eight ball with how to construct the big board and figure out what free agents, what rookies are actually going to be applicable to the new system. These players have to be able to do multiple different things. This doesn't mean a player that catches and a player that run blocks. This means a player that can go from the slot, that can go from the right, outside, a right. uh, player that can maybe even line up in the backfield. And I think what this all ties into, to be real quick, is that these different personnel packages with Tim Kelly, with this, these versatile players, it's it's all he kept the buzzword of Mike Vrabel's announcement of the staff press conference, wherever you want to call it, at 4:30 p.m. on Tuesday was he's got great feel. That yeah, was the yeah. buzzword. He said that like 30 times it felt like. That was that was it was like collaboration. So so to me that, that isn't isn't that a play calling thing? Right. That's what that's I'm saying. That's directly so related to but play calling. but when you are talking about play calling, you got to make sure your personnel can enact almost yeah. every play. Yeah. So when you're calling these plays, obviously a direct shot at Todd Downing, who we all agree this is not had no feel. Uh, had no feel right. for the game. But you got to do plays that set up other plays, and you got to have players that can be in more often than not. And so this all ties into Mike Vrabel wants to be fast, versatile in scheme, versatile in personnel, and versatile in his play calling. And yep. supposedly the co the combination of Charles London and Tim Kelly should be able to bring you that. And, and I think I've, I've long believed that I think play calling is just something you either have or you don't mm -hmm. have. Um, you either have a great feel for it or you don't. And I think the jury is still out on whether Tim Kelly oh, yeah, for sure total, has it. Totally. On my, on my end, but I'm at least willing to... But, but the jury's in on the past yeah, guy. sort of believe Rabel. Oh, yeah, Todd well, Downing. The jury, is, right. So, like, we at least have an unknown here that might the be The jury than was the out on Todd Downing after the 2021 season. So, that break, so part, we'll, we'll get to the process here, and we'll talk about Rabel and what it means for him. Um, but I do think that there there's plenty of positives, I think, for Titans fans. I think after the initial, like... Mm, I would say there there's enough positives to cling to, but not plenty. <laughs> well... To me, just playing off your versatility and your speed and your di being dynamic and running on passing on first down and putting your offense in a situation where the defense is in uh, is stressed about what's coming. To me, that's Chica Conquo, that's mm -hmm. Traylon Burks, that's Dontrell Hilliard. It it's these guys that can do a lot of things that can create big explosive plays for you. And now you're going. Not only are they going to be a year older, but they're going to have a better system with which to do that. Hopefully, ideally with a person who has a better feel for how and when to deploy yeah. those weapons. And that is what, that's what Vrabel's going for here. Uh, that to me now, again, Vrabel's going to be a huge conversation topic in just a second. Uh, we are here, of course, at a beautiful home in the Kingston group. So we'll get to that. Here's my, here's my one, the, the complaint. And I got this from a text message from a buddy. I saw it all over Twitter. I've seen this everywhere. Like Tim Kelly during the season and Tim Kelly today are two very different decisions. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, even I, even those people that sort of wanted him to take over before the season, which was not ever a real sure. realistic option, which I think you should really toss that out the window, yes, even though some people have not. For, forget about it. Uh, now, I will say it does call into question why a move, if this was going to eventually be potentially the guy you're going to hire, why not give him the chance to have some audition time in real space, in real time with your players and your team and your coaching staff and like see how he does it, firing Todd Downing midseason. Now, like it or not, and we'll get to the stubbornness of Rabel in a second, but the, the point is is that firing Todd Downing in the middle of the season to be excited about that and to be excited about Tim Kelly taking over, that's one thing because he's the only guy that can do it. 
is, is maybe there's somebody else on staff they could have given the play calling duties to. But in the middle of a football season, you're not going on a search and hiring someone. You could have elevated Tim Kelly and seen what he is capable of. It's very different than in the offseason, supposedly casting a wide net to try to interview as many possible qualified candidates as, as you can think of. And as of today, we know of how many confirmed interviews with Mike Vrabel? Confirmed. Two? Yeah. Well, and, he, and he hired both of them? <laughs> yeah, and he hired both of them. Um, you know, this this whole thing is like people, are, people want, I think, are trying to paint this as something that they're smarter than they are. Because um, I look at it this way. First off, the contrarian takes the course rolled in. Oh, I can't believe that all these fans, you guys, you fans are funny. You all wanted Tim Kelly in the middle of the season. Now you don't want him. Two totally different scenarios and situations. <laughs> Why I is mean, that hard to understand? I, I, you you, can't, think, you hey, can't go you interview think these credentialed media members that get into the press box and don't do anything with it. You sure think they you, would be able to do? Well, you'd be able to put this together. But instead, they're listen. We know why they're saying so, it. They're being contrarian for contrarian's sake. Secondly, well, but I'm not. It's not just media. Like my buddy is like, well, but everyone was, was so excited about him in the middle of the season. I'm like, because you can't hire Eric Bieniemy in yeah. week nine. Like, what are you talking about? And the and this other idea that it's not fair for Tim Kelly to come in after the Green Bay game when Todd Downing gets a DUI, like it's sil- served up on a silver platter. Well, it's not fair to him because you know the personnel is not great. Nobody's going to do anything with this. Okay. And then, then, and then they're like, well, and if he just looks bad, then, you know, uh, it's, it's just a bad audition. He wouldn't get the job. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Mike Malarkey not only get, get takeover in week eight yeah. and only win two games the rest of the way and still got the fucking head coaching job? Well, I mean, the Panthers got better after they fired Matt Rule. The Broncos got better after they fired Nathaniel Hackett. Like, you, it happens all the time. Uh, think about all the head coaches that sucked at trying to be a play caller and a head yeah, coach yeah, and yeah, eventually yeah. turned over the play calling. Right. And guess what? The offenses looked better. It can happen, well, and, and it has happened on so many occasions. Happened here in Tennessee. It's ridiculous. Well, and it's, it's it's asinine. Let's let's also not go crazy to think that Mike Vrabel is some dumbass. Yeah, who doesn't understand that without like his top four receivers, after firing his offensive coordinator, that his new guy that's not never really called plays with this team is all of a sudden like. It's like Malik Willis starting ahead of ahead of schedule. It's house money with whatever good that he does because he's not really graded on a negative side because he's not supposed to be in the situation in the first place. He, he, it's stubbornness. He wouldn't it's, have been graded the same way. It's, like, it's Mike Vrabel's stubbornness to he th- he in his mind he thinks so. Oh, John Robinson got fired. I, if I fire Tim Kelly, then this is just going to spiral us out anyway. Or fire Todd Downey. Down I'm just going to spiral us out even further. But guess what? Maybe. It, here's the they thing. lost every game. You lost every fucking game. <laughs> if he, yeah. they lost four yeah. games in that seven game or that long seven game losing streak, lost four games by five points or less. You don't think that Tim Kelly could at least gotten you a one couple touchdown. of wins? One touchdown. How about one touchdown in yeah. seven games? And maybe you're in the, you playoffs. in the playoffs. If if exactly. that is what you wanted, maybe Mike Vrabel didn't want that. But if you had to, if you had to, I, I, because you know, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like people are a little right, confused right. because I write that, well, if you want to win and, and everything, then, oh, but you didn't want that, Zach. Well, yeah, I'm not the players. Right. Yeah. Like, is that fair? I understand that my selfish outlook of wanting the Titans to lose for a better draft pick should not coincide with how the players Wait a feel. second. So I you think that's are capable of separating yes. two things I can rise from above each it. other. I can rise above. I'm shocked by this. I know. This is a revelation here. You know, I on a football I, show. I just look at it and I go, <laughs> you know, in the end, like Vrabel talks about wanting to pull these guys out, wanting to 
get a spark. We just need something positive to start the momentum. Maybe firing the guy that got the DUI that hasn't been I, good all year maybe would have been that positive momentum changer. Or two, and listen, a year and a half. They really. may have still done another freaking. Um, they may still got on that big long losing streak. Yeah, but maybe they looked competent doing it. Well, and if nothing else, reps. Yeah, well, if nothing else, reps are good. Yeah, for a coach who is auditioning for potentially the job, which clearly he would have been okay. because he got the freaking. He job. takes over the Cincinnati game. And, you know, they lost that game by, what, three points? Yeah, one-score game in okay. the end. And maybe they wouldn't have been in a position where Jeffrey Simmons tapping the helmet doesn't matter. Maybe Traylon Burks in the next game, it, they have didn't call a play or they called a different play or there's different sequencing down the field that yeah. does not lead to yeah. him getting a concussion. This idea that, well, everything ex would have happened and unfolded oh, no, like no, no, the no. players, like the players being injured would have happened and unfolded exactly like it did for Todd Downing does not matter. And if you don't think that Todd Downing could have got maybe an extra touchdown or an extra uh, few points in the Jacksonville game with Josh Dobbs, spare me. The Chargers game, spare me. Okay, so we we have a little information. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on the Super Bowl at the very end. Uh, I did I did reach out to somebody uh, close to the Packers about their new front office personnel. Chad Brinker, of course, the guy they bring in from Green Bay uh, and sort of the, the structure in the front office and how it's going to look at the top with the triangle and the whole deal. Um, so we'll touch on some of that stuff. Also, we're going to get to in just a second very much what this means for Mike Vrabel now and what it tells us about how Mike Vrabel is running the running the ship uh, for the Tennessee Titans. But before we do that, Zach. How about we show the folks this wonderful, amazing and awesome house that we are in that is, of course, built by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. You want to show the folks? Let's do it. Let's show the folks this beautiful place. Uh, first of all, why was I breathing so hard? <laughs> you need that gym upstairs. <laughs> that, that thing is huge, by the way. Um, no, it is it's it is truly a spectacular house. Yeah. So uh, I don't think we need to say any more. BuildKG.com is the website. Before you make any big decisions about your house, go to the website. Talk to the folks. This is what you could end up with right here. Uh, and of course, the pharmacy, our great and awesome, wonderful friends over at the pharmacy over in East Nashville, McFerrin Avenue. They've got a location downtown as well. Great, great burgers, locally sourced beers, all kinds of stuff. Um, don't be stubborn like Mike Vrabel. Go to the pharmacy. Get yourself a nice meal, of course. Um, good burgers, tots, brats, the whole deal, man. It's great. The beer's good. The beer garden is starting to be nicer and nicer every day. Um, so go check it out, of course. Uh, and uh, we'll be there Monday as well. So yeah, we've got, got a few more live shows there. Um, all right. So Mike Vrabel, the Mike Vrabel side of all of this, which is, I think there's a few words, uh, ownership and stubbornness. Yeah. Those are the two words that come to mind. Yeah, I, well, I want to ask you, because this ties back into the segment before we show this lovely home by the Kingston Group. Do you think that Mike Vrabel was forced to fire either one of the, the coaches that they fired? No. You think you think he was all about firing Tim Kelly? Because it was kind of floated out there by, down, yeah. by Diana Rossini and on Buck's show about this. And I just wonder... You know, at the time, I dismiss it because I'm like, no way he could be that stupid. But now, Diana, who is close with the Titans, maybe she was just kind of floating something out in the ether that we probably should have picked up on. So uh, I I say this as a co-worker-ish of mm -hmm. Diana's. Um, there's only two people that she talks to. It, it could be. The only oh, yeah. two sources could be Vrabel or, or, or I guess it could have been Robinson or Amy Adams. The fact that if, if she's still still so sourcing I, this was a couple of months ago so right if, if she's still sourcing information like she has in the past 
coming up this season, let's say in the middle of the year, then we know it's Vrabel or Amy Adams. Okay. Uh, strunk. Uh, if it, otherwise it was, it was Jr. And, mm-hmm. and this, that could easily come from Jr. Right. Gotcha. That, that would yeah. make sense that that might come oh, from that's, Jr. That's um, a good way of looking at it. I like that. So I, I just, for, the first way I look at it is that I don't think Mike Vrabel does. Jr. is trying to make Vrabel look stupid. <laughs> well, I like it. Is Jr. Has anyone seen or heard from Jr.? Um, I, here's what I think. I think Mike Vrabel doesn't do anything that hurts his team. Okay. I, I just don't, I think, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. I think that I don't know how you could watch that offense. Yeah. How you could watch that collection of players, watch the GM get fired, the DUI, the whole deal, and not say to yourself, like, this is good enough. Like, it's not good enough. That's how I feel. And that's how I felt since, you know, Todd Downey, especially after Todd Downey got the DUI, but that's how I felt for a while. That's said, there's no way Todd Downey is escaping this, this season and going to be the offensive coordinator of 2023. I've, I've stood firm on that. N- never believed it whatsoever. But there have been little rumors out there. Murmurs, I guess you could say. Could, now, here, let me ask you this. Would Amy Adams Strunk saying, I totally approve of this message and agree with you doing this, would that be considered minor no, pressure? No, no. Because as or long that as like he brought that just approval? to her, right? Like, he brought it to her and said, hey, I'm doing this. Like, do you think that maybe he said, I'm, I'm firing Keith Carter and Anthony Midget and she's like, where's Todd Downing's name? I don't think that's there. I just find that hard to believe. Okay. I find that personally hard to believe. Yeah. I don't think Mike Vrabel does anything and without I, Mike I'm Vrabel's like approval. It, well, I'm very 50 <laughs> 50 on it because this whole process, as we get into this now, talking about the process of being, you know, having Tim Kelly, feels very um, not as extensive, not as comprehensive, feels like a lack of due diligence to me. So I think I can agree with that. I, I think there's a pretty obvious explanation, though, and it may be the right. It may be the right thing for the Titans. It may be the wrong thing for the Titans to, for him to be like this. But I think it's very clear that he is like this, which is he likes to find, bring in people at both as players and coaches. And I'm assuming this is true of the of, of the relationship with the front office. He likes to bring people in and develop them up, and that's the again players and coaches. We've seen him do this. He's he's hired from within as the offensive coordinator basically every time. Uh, except for Matt Lafleur, I guess doesn't doesn't count. But which was supposedly forced on him, and supposedly they hated each other, which <laughs> makes me wonder well, if that is another reason why he promotes from within I because he tr- he has a sense of trust and comfort and that knowledge he cannot get anywhere else and knowledge, right? Like you know clearly what somebody is or, and is not strengths and weaknesses. Except I for Todd Downing, ideally. he did not know what Todd Downing but, was. But that brings us to like the strategy of how he's done this. Right now, he's one and one. Mm-hmm. He's one and one. Arthur Smith home run. Todd Downing garbage. So right now he's 500. This is the deciding this is the deciding hire on this strategy of hiring from within and elevating your guys and developing your guys because you have knowledge. You didn't really even talk to Eric Bieniemy. The reports are you didn't really even talk to Matt Nagy. You didn't really do Now there could have been a lot of other conversations he had with coordinators who aren't under contract and like we don't know all of that, those details, and probably never will. But don't you think? Why is Tennessee the only one that those details don't get leaked from? Oh, I, I think, mean agents. I, no, all I think this stuff? I think I think there's way more conversations with every team that we don't know about. Okay, all the time. Um, because if it doesn't work out, you don't. You, you're as an agent. I go you don't back want to the, like the defensive coordinator when it opened up. It was Terrell Austin. It was Shane Bowen and someone else. Um, was it somebody from like Ohio State or something? It, yeah, I, I think so. Maybe. Think and so. then then you look at you know the defensive backs position for this year is chris harris and uh scott brooks is he the uh the assistant to me coordinator? I, like to suggest it just seems to me that 
he is like if if Chris Harrison accepted the assistant defensive backs coach or safeties coach would have got promoted. Passing game defensive coordinator. I don't know. Yeah. I I think it's naive to think that he hasn't had a single conversation with somebody else other on than that on the list. I think that's naive. But I also agree with you that this is a this is a strategy by Mike Vrabel that he now has to own. Yes. Whether he talked to a bunch of people or not, like his strategy is to develop and elevate his people. It's worked once. It hasn't worked a second time. And now and he's, he's going to... On the offensive side of the ball. Uh, offense, yes. And yes. now he's trying it again for the third time. And w- I, it doesn't feel like the net was all that wide. He said he talked to multiple people, yeah. which could have been it's, the it's two a, people. It's a two-foot net cast out into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like watching that show alone where the people yeah. are trying to fish off the shore. It's yeah. just like... I got a gill net here, yeah. but I can only get it five feet off the shore. Uh, I might catch something, uh, maybe, but I'm probably not going to get to the deep He water. goes into the ocean to fish with this two-foot net and comes back <laughs> with a freshwater fish somehow. <laughs> that, that's exactly what just happened. He probably actually loves saltwater yeah. deep, deep sea fishing. So uh, the key is... No Tannehill does. The key, yeah, we do. The key... Energize. The key, <laughs> I knew you knew the name of the drink. The, Celsius. The key is... He owns it all. It's all his. All on his shoulders. He is stubborn. We know that he's stubborn, and it has worked for him in his playing career, in his coaching career. It has worked. It on the offensive coordinator side, he's one and one. But the stubbornness, and I think the the other thing about the Keith Carter, Todd Downing, I think he is just he has set a um, like a line in the sand for himself to say, "I will never speak about a person that's no longer here." I, the, Even though he technically does, I, I, maybe nope. he—I don't think he does it on purpose. But like when yeah. he's talking about making sure that players arrive, that we have coaches, the coaches understand that when players arrive, they're not a finished product. I think that I is a direct. Talking about. Yeah, I think that is a direct shot at old uh, Keith Carter, and I think yeah. that if I were to throw a pretty big guess out there and a connecting of dots. If you have been Dylan Raiden's left tackle for the last two years, I think you're going to get your chance this year. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Uh, and again, I can't. I don't have it. I should have written it down because Haas is what he goes by. Yeah, coach uh, but again, he elevates the offensive line coach, and by all accounts, greatest interview in the history. Why they fired that other guy named Haas? Too confusing. <laughs> Dude, can't have two Hosses. Can't have two Hosses. Um, he says the best interview he's ever had, it, but with any human like ever, basically with him. And he doesn't really do that. No, he doesn't. So yeah. like that should tell you that at least that unlike Keith Carter, he's a likable guy. Yeah, that's true. And and that's the and one he looks like an offensive line coach. And that's very, very important. <laughs> that would... changes everything for this offensive line. <laughs> I will say, I think through all of this stuff, some of it's stubbornness. Some of it is, I think, clearly his decision making. It's his ownership over his staff. But like bringing in Lori Locus is a Mike Vrabel decision. He wasn't that's not forced on him. No. He elevated a guy strategically to the offensive line position. The thing that all these people have in common, Charles London included and Tim Kelly included, the thing that they all have in common is this sort of relatability, conversational communication, collaboration thing. Part of the reason they love Charles London is that they saw him in action, right, down at the Senior Bowl in terms of how he interacted with people. Like, Rand Carthon was hired because of how he acts with people. Like, it's there's a there is a theme that you can kind of tie all of these things to. Tim Kelly has feel. Right, Lori Locus is a is a big part of the the that feel stuff. Like it's about communication, and it's about um, relatability and connecting with players and developing them. And a clearly, I mean, Taylor Lewan told us that Keith Carter didn't connect with players like four years ago. So it shouldn't be a surprise that, mm-hmm. that the guys who are gone 
are the people that we think were. And maybe maybe this kumbaya, like ring around the rosy, holding right hands, will work for this team going forward because I guess they get just got a bunch of softies. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that you know I don't mind Coach Haas. And of course, I'm willing to give him a blank slate. And, you know, we kind of poked fun of him on a football show because, I mean, who is this guy, right? Yeah. I I love the Chris Harris hire. I love the Charles London hire. I would have liked him to be offensive coordinator as well. I just think the process to get here leaves a lot less to leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of meat on the bones, a lot of flesh left. You know, well, but, that, do you, but they, do you have to spend too much energy worrying about it when all of it is very clearly on Vrabel's shoulders? Yeah. Like, I, if it works, it's going to be but, Vrabel. Uh, if it I'm doesn't, saying. it's Vrabel. That's what I'm saying. I think that you can say that the process was bad. The process was not as thorough or as expansive or as comprehensive as what Mike Vrabel wants to say. Hotailing. Hotailing, yeah. That's how you pronounce it. I just call him Coach Haas. Jason Hotailing. it's not spelled like hotailing, no. so I'm always going to say hoftailing, and I'm just going to say Coach Hoftailing. But I, I think that if you don't think if you do, are above criticizing Vrabel's process in this, I think you're just being a Vrabel fanboy at this point. That's kind of where I'm at because Vrabel has shown a tendency, which a lot of coaches do. Brian Dable didn't, and it worked out for him. But a lot of coaches do stick with very loyal, very loyal to a fault. Yep. But him sitting there and saying that, oh, this is a numerous candidates. We spoke to numerous candidates. He said multi multiple. He said numerous, which could be two. Well, he said numerous in the first go. Okay, he said right. maybe he said multiple on this one, but he said numerous at Rand Carthon's press conference. Okay, and uh, spoken numerous, extensive casting a wide net. You want to talk about casting a wide net and extensive? Look at what Amy Adams Strunk did. To me, right now, yeah, I believe that's in true. Amy Adams Strunk and what she says her process were. Her process follows her action. The process or her process follows the words that she laid out. Mike Vrabel's process does not follow those words that he laid out. Those are it's not that, numerous. that we that we know of, and I yeah. agree with you. I, yeah, I, but again, I don't. But I think if it's someone for the offensive coordinator position, you would have heard about it. I, I, I that's I don't know. I think that there's. I just think it's. I mean, we've heard about every single offensive coordinator position for the Ravens. I know but, everyone for the the Rams considered. The well, but do you think that free agents and agents don't talk before the tampering period? Like, do you don't think GMs text a player or text an agent or a coach texts another coach or like these people have relationships outside of the proper confines of the NFL rules? But okay, so let me so ask I'm, you this: Do you think just, that Mike Vrabel asked someone about Thomas Brown, or do you think he just totally didn't even have Thomas Brown on there, or do you think that he talked to Thomas Brown? I, I'm I don't know anything specifically about Thomas. Well, Brown. I'm just saying in general. Like, do you what do you, I, think, do you think that he's he inquired about certain I, coaches without talking to them themselves, yes. or 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 was like studying a, a coach? talked to other coaches about the coach, did some diligence that we don't know about, and then decided to not go that way. Because clearly he had Tim Kelly here. Tim Kelly was here, and this is what I think of Tim Kelly, packaged with Charles London. I think maybe they're up here, let's say. But this is here. I need to find someone better than here for it to be worth it for me to hire them. Which I don't and, think that he put a lot of effort into doing that. And, and you might be absolutely right. Because, I, I mean, I just, you, can't, you can't sit here and tell me that a guy like Thomas Brown or a guy like Brian Johnson – isn't going to be you know better I than like, Tim Kelly. You know I like Brian Johnson. What about Brian Callahan? Because you know Brian Callahan can interview because of play calling duties, if given permission, that he even attempt to request it. No, it's it's the guys that would be legally allowed to have conversations with that we don't know about, right? Yeah, it's not so the, like it's not the, the, the losers. <laughs> so, I mean, let, let's or be college, honest here. Or no college. There could be college candidates Maybe, that he talked with. But we heard about his college whenever he went out to college and requested interviews. We heard about those. I, I will say this. I don't. 
I think in general, you're correct. It wasn't as wide as they're making it yeah. Excuse me, out to be. And again, I just I, I, I reached the point where I think there were probably some like very light conversations with people we don't know about, but nothing to the point of formal interview process, mm-hmm. obviously. And so that part of the process was very narrow. Yeah. We know that for a fact. And so if we know that that's the facts and now a track record of elevating from within, I mean, elevating from within for almost everything, Shane, Bo- like you name it there, yeah. there, he elevates from within He guys, players aren't the same as when they get here. Coaches aren't the same as when they get here. We know what he believes and it's no different than the John Robinson firing. You can are you can scream and yell about John Robinson's decision making and all the bad things he did and all the great things he did. By the way, I didn't I forgot that David Long was the other piece in the Ryan Tannehill trade. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. But like David Long and Ryan Tannehill yeah. <laughs> for like a fourth round pick and you paid for it, Miami. Anyway, I all that matters is what happens in the future. And if you hire a GM, Rand Carthon, who does a better job than John Robinson, then it was the right move. Which he's going by the words of Mike Vrabel, right? Like there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no hiding behind the general manager at this point. There's no, no, hiding no. This behind is him. all him. This, this is, all, is him. all him because yeah. he, Rand Carthon, has said, and he has said that basically you even saw it in action when Stillman was poking him about the the punting Craig and Ackerman. all that and Craig Ackerman being uh, hired. Third in net yeah. punting. <laughs> but he said, Rand, go get me some returners. And he <laughs> talked about what returners, kind of returners that he wants. Right. Catch, so guess what? got to catch the football. Yeah, Carthon knows exactly what he's been told by Vrabel. Yeah. Here's what I need in these players. Go get them. And if he drafts player, whatever players that he is drafting, whatever players that he is signing, are is Vrabel's show. You what? cannot convince me right now. No, that no, it's I, not I, I, no, no. It, this yeah. all the pressure on the future of the entire organization is on Carthon's ability to get players to fit Vrabel, and that Vrabel right has, away and with that, limited resources, and that Vrabel has made the right decisions with the coaching staff. That's it. Like you can yell and scream about all the decisions by Vrabel and Amy Adams trunk. But the bottom line is if Rand Carthon does his job, it will have been the right move to fire John Robinson. If Tim Kelly does his job well, then Mike Vrabel's short net, that process that we're critical of right now was the right process. We just, time will tell us the answer. And if Tim Kelly is a bust and Charles London's a bust and Rand Carthon's a bust, then we're going to have a very different show where we say they didn't cast a wide enough net. It was too soon to move on from Jr. Like, it's all revisionist. It's all 2020 in hindsight. And so we're just going to find out. And I do, I do want to talk about one hire that's not getting go for it. That's not getting enough credit. I think that's Justin Hamilton, the uh, new defensive quality control coach or whatever he is going to be. I'm sure it's going to be with a focus on defensive backs, former defensive back himself, former defensive coordinator for the Virginia tech, former guy who knows Caleb Farley. (laughs) And I have been pounding the table for year three, year three, Caleb Farley is coming. And I and I I he believes it himself. I think I believe it. And I think that Chris Harris looks at Caleb Farley and he can say, Man, as long as this guy stays healthy, this is the kind of cornerback I like. He's athletic, he's and he's big. And I think that you're gonna see Caleb Farley and Dylan Radens play a lot bigger roles going forward than what we initially thought because of the coaching. Let, let, let me ask you broadly, and we'll wrap up the conversation on this. Are the t- is the Tennessee Titans coaching staff better today than it was in December? And I think the I would say I would say yes. I would say that I think the run game analysts, pass game analysts, you could just throw those out the window. The titles are necessarily because they're still going to work with the tight ends. They're still going to work with the right. quarterbacks. I mean, you got to do something not, on the practice. You're not fooling. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what he said about Tim Kelly. <laughs> right. You're not fooling anybody. 
Um, just letting friends stick around to have business cards and right. pad their resume. Are they better? I think they are. Yeah. I would I would have to say Are they, they significantly are. better? No. We don't know. No. I mean that's what it comes down they, to. They they could be. I think I think Chris Harris is significantly I think Chris Harris makes up for a lot. I think the offensive line coach is better. He should be. But I think Chris Harris makes up for a lot over Anthony Midget that maybe helps bring up the class average, the bell what, curve. I haven't thought about this, but what do you think of the fact that they didn't lose anybody they didn't want to? Uh, it's just because nobody wants them. <laughs> well, that's what I'm worried. Yeah. Like, is it because they're loyal and good and they like being together, or is it because they're not good enough to go somewhere else? I don't I, know. I think they're not good enough to go somewhere Luke's, else. Because obviously Luke Steckel yeah. got an interview and clearly was not good enough when they hired Kellen Moore. Well, I mean, hell, the they, they hired Kellen Moore without right. probably even interviewing him. Right, uh, exactly. Which was a smart move, by the way. And I look at Shane Bowen not even getting a, a head coaching interview this cycle and not even getting a head coaching interview with Monty Austin for it. Not even to throw a bone like yeah. an agent favor kind of deal. Well, that, I thought that was very odd. And I don't think, I think it'll be, it's similar in the front office. Of course, Chad Brinker, they they bring in from Green Bay to be one of the two sort of assistant general managers. We don't know who the other one's going to be. I doubt that that's Ryan Cowden. I, I, I seriously yeah, I, doubt that. I doubt it too. Um, so you, again, a different sort of triangle of power atop the front office personnel side of things. I reached out to somebody very close to the Packers and I said, you know, what do people think of him? What does he get credit for? What do people, and, and, um, <laughs> I don't know if this says more about the person I was speaking to or Chad Brinker, but basically that they were like, we've never heard of him. <laughs> well, that must be the person you're speaking to because I have heard other people talk about, um, and I'm, but, but the, his name, he but. was, he was kind of tongue in cheek. His point was, is that he hasn't been a, a main topic of conversation when discussing the Packers development, offense, defense yeah. players, good, bad, whatever drafting free agency, um, I, I trust Rand Cartha. Now it, it's interesting that he's going after the Cleveland Browns model instead of sort of the Niners or Rams model. Although I think Rand said at his press conference, he prefers the the Rams model a little bit more. He's a very chill dude. Like yeah. very clearly a very relaxed guy. So uh, again, I think all of this is, I mean, it, it's Rand and Vrabel. Those are the two that have to do everything now and they've got to make every decision and they've got to, you know, it, it's all on their shoulders at this point. And I do think they're better. My question is what's next. Who, what is the next step here? Because isn't the order of operations we laid out weeks ago, new general manager, new offensive coordinator, new coaching staff, Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Isn't that next? That's next. And um, I I think that there – I think it could go either way. Like, I, I can't really get a read on what this team is going to do with the quarterback situation. And it's, it's, a, it's not just Ryan Tannehill. Are they going to trade up? Are they going to um, trade away Ryan Tannehill? Are they going to cut Ryan Tannehill? We we don't really know. They can they restructure Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, they can restructure. They can extend. They can do all kinds of different things. There's at least five or six different things they can do with Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not really sure where I lean. I, the hires to me scream. This is what right I, in the back. This is what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Is it, Tim Kelly, Charles London, bringing in Arthur Smith ishness. All of it screams Tannehill's back. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it tells me. That's what it screams. But the words of Mike Variable and the words of Rand Carthon, I don't know. I don't know if they're technically sold because Rand Carthon specifically said, "You live and die by the quarterback." And do we? We don't know the leash that they that's had that true. has been given to them regarding the quarterback situation. Like, what if Amy Adams Drunk knows that Ryan Tannehill's not it? What? What? Well, here's the thing. What if he decides to take a huge pay cut? Yeah. I mean, I oh, if he takes a huge pay cut, I you mean, keep him. You, you keep him. I'm throwing out just any yeah. uh, any old hypothetical. Here's another one: 
because we talked a lot on Monday show about trading up for the first pick and what that would mean for the organization. Go listen to that episode. It was a great episode, by the yeah. way. Um, brought to you, of course, by the Kingston Group, who built this amazing house and the pharmacy. Go check it out. Um, I, what happens if they trade up to get a quarterback and keep Ryan Tannehill? It's a poor allocation of resources unless there is like a really significant change in his like we're talking like Jameis Winston style, you know, twelve point four million dollar salary kind of. What deal. if they draft Anthony Richardson at eleven? I personally, and they want to develop him and they need him to sit because I don't think he's ready to play right away. I personally would be happy with that. Uh, I, Could be fun, but you know, I just have to see what free agency is, and really, we're gonna. F- we're going to figure out the answer sooner rather than later. There's this Justin Cohen guy is back on that works for the San Antonio Globe, which doesn't exist. That works for the Associated Press, which you will never find an article they wrote. They hey, said hey, Teresa today, Walker, don't talk about T. Don't talk about T. Walker. Oh, I'm not. I'm talking about Justin Cohen, who has never written or working oh. worked for the Associated Press. I mean, you Google Associated Press and Justin Cohen, nothing pops up. <laughs> he um he has said today. I think he found some traction with Titans fans when he talked about the team being interested in C.J. Stroud. Talked about that on Monday. Yeah, and I said I don't think you can trust this guy obviously for the reasons i just laid out and so he found <laughs> traction with titans fans because titans fans love oh, cat, retweeting catnip, catnip, rumors yeah. and all this stuff so well, he, he, put out, he put out another one saying that it's according to his source it's very likely that ryan tannell is going to get cut they're going to part ways with ryan Tannehill. what does that mean financially they still carry the dead money though right? yeah but i mean you're if you keep them guess what you're still pay, paying that fucking money yeah no, no right i just right. am saying it, trading they, they him get, they know. get they, they get 17 8 and positive equity Cut or trade. Cut or trade. So why not trade him? Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. The, now, now when he signed the... Here's what's funny. When he signed the contract, I, at the time, I think I was still... Like, when I was on the air, I think I went on the air, the, the very... I was like, this... There's the dead... There's the line where he's going to be cut. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to play his three years. Then Julio Jones and that's comes it. along. <laughs> right, right. Um, and now they don't have Changes a fourth... Everything. Now they don't have a fourth round pick this yeah. year. Um, no, I think it's... I, Tannehill's next. I'm curious... Um, do you see what what are some of the other personnel moves anything happening soon or is this all well i mean like i mean or is it all free agency March first is gonna happen and he's gonna get cut we know robert wood's probably gonna cut i think ben jones is kind of gonna stay i don't think they're gonna re-sign nate davis i don't know where i stand on david long would a reworking of robert woods a cut and a re-signing be okay i i kind of like i like bring him back i mean i I look at at 14 i look at it this way with Robert Woods, and I go back and forth, is that Robert Woods is probably probably now at this stage of his career a serviceable three with a wide receiver to high end. I I think that at this point, though, if you got Kyle Phillips and he's adding bulk, and I think he does kind of what you want Robert Woods to do with a little bit more athleticism, and he's younger and he's cheaper. Mm. I look at the draft. There's a lot of guys that could fill that void in the draft that he has. And there's guys in free agency that are probably going to be cheaper than Robert Woods that are younger. I mean, like Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, they're not oh, sexy man. names. They're I like not, Robert Woods so much more than both those guys. But they're better than him. I don't. I disagree. They're better than him in his stage of his career right now. And, and Jacoby no, Myers specifically is better. Well, than Myers Robert is Woods. a and it's kind of a different body type. I think what this offense needs is someone dependable that does all the, the little things that you that aren't 52 yeah, they, they catches just or whatever. More Tajay Sharps. That's exactly no, what No, no. Robert, Robert Woods is Robert Woods. Don't, don't insult Robert Woods that way. Robert Woods is a, is a, a consummate professional. He, he's a consummate professional. He's not worth some, his contract. He's not worth his, like if he wants to take okay, a big if he wants to come cut. back for four or five million. Sure. Okay. I just think you need some, you still need some receivers and they can't all be 
the guy who never played because he was unhealthy and and a, a rookie like yeah well now we got be, a new gm making those decisions yeah so. there's gonna be more additions coming all right um Obviously, free agency is coming up next. Super Bowl, real quickly. I don't know if you have any bets down. I'm. I my take on this has been it's very similar to the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, which is two to fifty three. I think the Eagles are the far superior team. The Chiefs have the far better quarterback, which was exactly how it was laid out against the Patriots and Tom Brady. But the better line of scrimmage team won the game. The Philadelphia Eagles won that game. Uh, I think you... they have the better offensive line to defensive line matchup. The Eagles do. Oh yeah. Or or let me let me rephrase that. The, the Chiefs have the worst offensive line compared to the defensive line. I think the Chiefs have a really good, underrated, sneaky defense that nobody's really talking That's about true. that can. Clark and Jones. That can probably uh, go on the middle. And I think, here's the thing. A lot of pressure on Nick Bolton. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. And here's where you what you're going to see. We've seen the rare unicorn of older quarterbacks that can win a Super Bowl that aren't that good. Nick Foles, Trent Dilfer, guys like that that yep. can kind of win. Jalen Hurts Joe, is this Joe new Flacco count. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Hurts is this new kind of second round quarterback that's not an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes. Can he do enough through the air to yep. win this game? Yep. And does that change the conversation around needing? to trade up for your quarterbacks, trade up mm. for your Joe Burrows. Can you yeah. get a guy in the second round that, that's not Malik Willis, that is actually a pro-level quarterback, which Jalen Hurts was coming out. And surround him and with surround an him elite offensive line, and lots of weapons, Bowl. and win the Super Bowl. I, I agree, and the defense is very, very, one of the best defenses in the NFL, too. It changes the way that you look at, if he wins the Super Bowl, it changes the way you look at building a, a roster. But it also, I don't know if you've read this article, but the, the article around how they handled the negotiation of, of – Signing Patrick Mahomes to that ten-year contract is an incredible insight Ooh, into it's it's by in Sports Illustrated, and it's incredible, credible insight into. They said when he started going off in 2018, when he started going off, they were already planning ahead of when they were going to try to get a contract done, how they were going to do a contract. They were planning three or four years ahead. It's it's incredible what Brett Veach has done, and he doesn't. He's not really talked a really among no, he the top guys. No, I agree. With he kind of just flies under the radar. But they've done tremendous work. They, they got rid of Tyreek Hill and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tremendous <laughs> like, work. And they, they talk about that. They talk about being able to. Okay, we we could pay Tyreek Hill, but really we will need to invest in some other things right now. And then you see that their defense is made up of all rookies, and they're all working. So it's not just what he's doing in the thing. But the, go back to what Howie Roseman has done. I mean, obviously they're going to try to extend Jalen hurts, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Now, if he looks like crap, they may buy themselves a little bit of breathing room, yeah. but if he looks great and they win the Super Bowl and it's clear that Jalen hurts is that guy, that's a second round guy. This is not Tom Brady in the sixth round. This no, is I think a second I think round point, guy. I think your point is right. That, that it can, changes the conversation. Can, yes. Do you have to have the, the, that top tier? Now, again, I think there's, a lot of argument about where tiers are in the NFL. And I think there's a lot more tiers than Titans fans want to admit between the elite guys and yeah. Brian Tannehill. But it does change when it's you know, like a Jimmy, guy who's clearly not a, a, a really great high end pass. Had Jimmy Garoppolo won the Super Bowl, same story. Yeah. Right. Like elite team around him, elite coaching staff, elite weapons. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get it done a couple of years ago, didn't get it done this year, obviously, for, for different reasons. But I do agree that it changes the conversation. The question is going to be because I think the Eagles are the far superior football team, two to fifty-three. 
The question is, and a lot of this is on Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, which is what pressures do you put Jalen, what situations do you put Jalen Hurts in, especially in the second half? If the game is close, where can you put him to where you think he's going to fail and and, and make yeah. him do the thing that he's not good at? And that's where I think the Chiefs actually could win the game. If they come out and they're running that old school veer, triple option, zone read, RPO stuff that where they just maul you and they're just downhill on every play, and they don't have to throw the ball a lot, and they be, and they're up early. That's that's a long day for the Chiefs. So, yeah. but I'll, I'll take I'll take Kansas City on the money line. Yeah, so. I'm taking Kansas City on the money line too. There you go. That's it. I think that's about it. Uh, great Thursday, everybody. Look at this house. This house is freaking amazing. Um, again, multiple offices, multiple living rooms, hidden pantries. You got doorways everywhere. Full acre lot in Hillwood. This is what the Kingston Group can do for you and your home and your family. So just give them a call. BuildKG.com is the website. Go talk to them. Go check them out. This is the work they do. This is the quality craftsmanship that they put forth for all of their clients because they do all the things in-house. I had a buddy of mine who said, oh, I'm 85% done with my renovation and my people went bankrupt. I'm like, should have used the Kingston Group, man. Yep. Use the Kingston Group. And of course, the pharmacy. We love those guys. Of course, check them out. East Nashville, downtown as well. Great place to get burgers and beer. Stackintheinbox.com. Yes. The F-Words pod. It's news. All that great stuff. Stackintheinbox.com. All, the other, all the other great shows from the 440 Sports Network, of course. Um, Music City Audible. Uh, you got the Paul Kaharski show. You got Gold Standard covering the Preds. Club and Country covering Nashville SC. Fringe Element covering the SEC. 440 Sports is your spot for sports content in the state of Tennessee and in Nashville. For Zach Lyons at F-Words pod, I am Braden Gall. Thanks for hanging out with us. This. Have a happy... Have a happy Super Bowl, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Have a great Super Bowl. I'm, I don't think we're doing anything for the Super Bowl. I don't nothing? think anybody's excited for the Super Bowl. I'm excited. It, are you? It's like two of the best. It's the two best teams. Mm, that's debatable. Playing in the Super Bowl. Have a great Super Sunday, everybody. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.